The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, this is Tony Catalina alongside my guy, Aiden Davis, and this is our official Dallas Cowboys draft grade podcast. So stick here. We're going to dive into every pick, give our initial thoughts, give a grade on it, and dive into a Monday morning episode of the Cowboys draft we just watched. But before we kind of get into it, Aiden, how are you? And how did you like the draft as like a fan? Or were you just too busy into the Cowboys side of things? Well, I got to say, so this a peek behind the curtain, I decided to give up social media for a month. So I haven't been able to like go on Twitter or go on Instagram during the NFL draft, which is brutal the entire time, especially after the Mozzie Smith pick. I was like, what do fans think? I got to know what people think. Please just tell me on like, I, I wanted to open up social media so bad, but I got to say not having social media for this draft to me was very fun because it caused me to like, okay, instead of instant fan reactions, I now have to go online, do some research. What were they saying about this guy before the draft? What are they saying about this guy now? How does he fit with the Cowboys? I had to wait for articles to be published instead of just, it was kind of a fun way to consume the draft. And I got to say, it caused me from not going like, I the initial gut reactions I normally have during the draft just weren't there because I wasn't able to have those on social media. So I've got to say, it was kind of fun this year. That's interesting because I knew you were doing that. We had talked about it that you weren't going to be on social media for this month. Um, but that's fascinating. So did you did you learn about the picks through the telecast or were you because you weren't <laughs> yep. on social media? Like at one point, like Twitter was six picks ahead of of the TV. So like <laughs> you were like you weren't even like I know you said you tuned into the blog and the voice coverage when we were doing it. Like you must have found out 15 minutes after everybody else. Yeah, I mean, we have our Slack channel, so, like, sometimes our Slack channel, like, revealed, but in terms of, like, I had no, especially because it's really behind on, like, day four or five and stuff, so, like, when we picked, guy, when we picked, when we made the pick, like, Billy Amipoko, it was, like, I was, they, you you announced in the snack, Slack channel, and then I'm watching the TV, and I'm, it's, like, ten minutes later, I'm, like, Oh, there's the guy. Now let's see what like the ESPN thinks of him. So yes, yeah. I was very behind. 
That's funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then you see the highlights, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I will I will say the draft, and maybe this is just my own experience, so maybe there is something to it. The draft felt like it was zipping by though. Like I know the first <laughs> round, you know, the first round's a little long with the 10 minutes per pick, and most teams take up most of the time. But as we got into Friday and Saturday, it did seem like the pick is in. Okay, here's the selection. And then the next thing you knew is the pick is in and you just kept going. So I don't hate it. I mean, it's a long, it's a long three days. So for it to go by kind of quickly like that, I enjoyed it. Friday specifically. Yeah, I was like, because I think I took like a I took a break at after the Cowboys made their second round pick. And I took a break after so after they made their second round. I went out, got dinner, and came back for their third round pick. I gotta say, I w- there was a time where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it back for the Cowboys pick, and I'm just getting like, like casual fast dining food. Like, <laughs> and it was zipping by. I appreciated it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, the draft is as a as a whole, it's it's such a fascinating thing. And um, you know, from the Cowboys side of things, as you know, Cowboys fans, Will McClay, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, this is where they tell us that they make make their hay, right? This is where the 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 team gets better. So um we're gonna dissect it, like I mentioned, all the picks. We're gonna give our grades on it, our initial thoughts on it, but this is where the Cowboys have given, you know, with throughout the fan base and through the league some leeway, right? They up until this point in, you know, in this team, they hadn't done much in free agency historically, so they had to get better through the draft. This year, it felt like, okay, we're going to do a little bit more, a little bit extra with the trades and whatnot. So this is important for the Cowboys to get this right. And I, I wonder what your initial thoughts before we kind of get in the grade. Do you do you feel good about this class? I feel all right about this class. I think that the picks themselves, I'm sure, like like you said, one of my friends texted me after the first round and he was, I mean, not to spoil, but he was, he was a little bit upset and he was losing his mind. I said, dude, have you not watched the Cowboys draft first round picks over the last 10 years? I have give them the benefit of the doubt. We're fine. And, but I felt like there were picks in later rounds where I'm like, I don't disagree with the player itself. I more disagree with the position we went with. And so we'll get more into this later. I felt like, it was just an odd draft considering where the Cowboys are. So I feel I feel good about the players. I don't know if I feel good about their approach. And so, A, what's your overall reaction? And also, as somebody who doesn't, social media's overall reaction. You get Cowboys fans as a whole. Yeah, I think um, – and this is – I share this, the sentiment that I'm going to bring up here. I think the players, who they got are going to be fine, right? I think yeah. they're going to be good. I think I – you know, you know this. We've been doing shows together for over a year now. Like I hammer the table for best player available. I appreciate value. I I feel a lot better about picks when I feel like I got good value for it this year and even last year they did the same thing it's they said f the value like we're getting the the player we want at the position we want and we're we're not afraid to extend ourselves to get that done. So it felt like you know I know because of the the rumblings, we wouldn't have gotten Mozzie Smith in the first round if we waited any longer. Like the Chiefs are in on him. Yep. There were other teams that wanted him. So in the sense of round one where I didn't love it initially because of who was on the board, like Joey Porter Jr. was there, Nolan Smith was yep. there, both guys that I felt like strongly that could have helped his team, they had to take a guy that they wanted, whoever that may have been. In this case, it was Mozzie Smith. So I'm less worried about that. But Schoonmaker and Fahoko and dra- and dra- trading up for a cornerback that wasn't even like on Dane Brugler's mock who, you know, same thing last year. You know, if they spoke about the same way about Jerron Bland last year, was a NFL PA collegiate guy, wasn't really scouted. I don't think he even went to the combine. So the, the Cowboys earned the benefit of the doubt, but I would say as a whole, 
most of Cowboys Nation that I've seen has felt like, okay, we understand the names, we understand the players, we just wished we got them a round or two later. Yeah, so, but are they overall happy? Like, okay, I will say, this was a very, and we'll dive into each pick, we're going to go pick by pick. This was a very Dallas Cowboys draft outside of the first round pick. This was like, if you just, like, if you look pick by pick, it's like, Okay, Dallas Cowboys, that's typical Cowboys pick, typical Cowboys pick, typical Cowboys pick, uh, outside of the Mozzie Smith pick, which is not a typical Cowboys pick, which we'll dive yeah. into. Let's get right into it, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the first round here. Mozzie Smith, D-tackle from Michigan, physical freak, a dude who is super strong, who's going to come in, be that presence in the middle, somebody that is going to, like you said, change the narrative. They don't draft interior D yeah. linemen in the first round. This is like decades at this point that the Cowboys have done this. So like I mentioned earlier, Joey Porter Jr. on the board, Nolan Smith on the board. Mazzy Smith is the pick, is the guy. What is Aiden Davis's initial grade and your initial thoughts on the first round pick? So Mozzie Smith, to me, this was almost a, the exact opposite as last year, where when the Cowboys were picking last year, we saw Kenyon Green go off the board. We saw all these guys that were commonly mocked to the Cowboys. They were off the board when the Cowboys picked last year. And so it was literally like, Last year it was um what's Tyler Linderbaum. It was like everybody's like Tyler Linderbaum's the only guy that we have left in terms of guys that are commonly mocked. They go Tyler Smith. This year it was the exact opposite where I was like, there are so many guys that I would be completely comfortable with right now. You mentioned Nolan Smith. You mentioned Joey Porter Jr. I'd throw Steve Avia in there. I'd even throw Osiris Torrance in there, which obviously hindsight's we now know Osiris Torrance was there in the second round. So, but I, there were just names. I was like, I was at that point pounding the table for, I thought Steve Avia was the pick. Like it was the guy that I talked about last week. I would have loved Joey Porter Jr. I would have been completely content with Nolan Smith at that point. So to me it was, but with, with sorry, with all that said, they took a defensive tackle in the first round. I mean, I'm so proud of them for finally saying, let's address the middle interior, especially with a run stop, a run stuffing freak of nature. He's not going to kill it in pass. He's not going to kill it in the passing game. He's probably not going to finish with five, six sacks like you'd hope a first round pick defensive tackle, but he's going to shut down the run game. And to me, because of that, because they finally addressed the defensive tackle position, I'm giving this pick an A. Wow. Okay. I love that. I love that, that you stand on the conviction because of what you said, a lot of it is is a hundred percent on the money. Like they don't attack this position. They 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 know they've been gashed in playoff games. They know they've been gashed on the run. I mean on the ground. And they know that the Eagles, this is what they do. So one of your yeah. biggest rivals, this is what they do, and you gotta load up to stop that. So, you know, Mozzie Smith, and I said this, I became like the spokesperson for like the negative side of it somehow, you know, because <laughs> I, much like I felt like last year when I was live with the Tyler Smith, I thought there were better guys. Eventually, Tyler Smith made me have to eat crow. Like this guy is going to be the future of this team. And he and it was ended up being an excellent pick for the Cowboys. I anticipate that happening here for the Cowboys, but in the for with Mozzie Smith. But I feel like there were other guys, like we said, that could have been there. So my grade, and I'll explain why I have it as like a B minus because okay. 
and it has nothing to do with Mozzie Smith. Like everything you said, I echo that a hundred percent. He's going to come in there. He's going to be that run stopper. He's going to be that cog in the middle. That's going to help the linebackers. It's going to help the defense as a whole. It's going to free up Micah Parsons. So that's going to really, really, really work. And, and even to say some positive about Mozzie Smith as a whole, what they asked him to do in Michigan wasn't what the Cowboys are going to ask him to do. So th- there's different ways that they had him lined up with his technique and his four point stance and the way that he was gapping systems that he wasn't able to get out and pass rush or be able to kind of get through and get to the back, you know, backfield. Yep. And the numbers weren't great as a result. I fully believe that Dan Quinn and this defense is going to scheme him up to win and be more advantageous statistically, which if he's doing his job, I don't care about the statistics and I don't think Dan Quinn does either, but I bet you we'll see more of production for him for that. So I say a B minus, not because I'm down on the player, not because I'm down on the position. It's just because of what I thought was going to happen there. I felt like all along the Cowboys were going to have a best player available approach, thought they were going to be able to take tremendous value when they wanted. And when Nolan Smith ended up going to the 30th pick to the Eagles, that's tremendous value to me. So um, that's the only knock I have on it. I know Mozzie Smith's going to come in. He's going to be a stud with Jonathan Hankins in the middle of there. The Cowboys got a, got a winner. Um, I just am probably not as uh, you know up on it or as upbeat as some people are in this, in this camp right now. I'd argue that the Cowboys taking Mozzie Smith tells me that he was their best, the best player on their board because the like, We've what was the last and this was probably brought up after the pack. What was the last defensive tackle the Cowboys took in the first round? Was, I I don't I don't I, it had to have been like ten years ago. Like I think it was yeah, legit. If not more, I'm right. just I'm so proud of Jerry. I'm so proud of Jerry allowing the front office to finally persuade him to take a defensive tackle because if you have just a dominant force at that defensive tackle position, it can make all the difference for the rest of your defense because if you can stop the run on first and second down that's going to allow our secondary to thrive because they're going to be put in more favorable situations and to me if you go like pound for pound mozzie smith might be like i mean maybe like nolan smith and jalen carter might be the two freaks of nature i put mozzie smith like right after that he's 320 pounds and he moves like he's 250 225 he moves well for his size and so I, he's been compared to Dontari Poe. I just, I like this pick. Yeah, I like he, them finally addressing defensive tackle. He's a stud. Like, he's a physical freak. Like, his attributes is exactly what Dan Quinn wants to draft. I mean, he he found, he got freaks in all levels, right? Like, you know exactly. how he drafts cornerbacks, safeties, and linebackers. Now he's got one at the defensive line position that's going to be a stud. But I said the Cowboys hadn't done it in a decade. It was actually 32 years. Okay, 32 years. That they took Russell Maryland with the first overall pick in the 1991 draft. I wasn't even alive the last time they did it. And Russell Maryland, I mean, if think if the Cowboys drafted Russell Maryland 2.0 today, that would add. I mean, I don't know. I just love <laughs> the fact that they address defensive tackle. And I so I get it's tough. I mean, like I said, Mozzie Smith's gonna be a stud. I believe that. I really do. But he was probably the third D tackle on the board, right? Between Jalen Carter and Kalaja Kansi. Like he yep. was probably the third guy. So you get a third D tackle when you could have had, I don't know. I'm splitting hairs here. I hope I'm wrong. And I think more people share your sentiment and I actually don't even disagree with what you're saying. I just have been on this pessimistic side of it just a little bit too much. I think. Do you think here's my, do you think if you could pair Mozzie Smith and Dan Quinn, like the fact that you know Dan Quinn's going to be able to mold Mozzie Smith, would he have been like higher? Because 
he's Mozzie Smith's more of a project than like a Jalen Carter. He's going to take a little bit more development given his like, you're right. They didn't use him as well as they should have in Mich- at Michigan. So if, I, I think if like, if you could guarantee that like Mozzie Smith was going to get molded by Dan Quinn, I think he's a middle of the first type of guy. Yeah, I mean it's fair. I do like the fact that it's Dan Quinn in this in the staff working yeah. with him. So yeah, like I I the traits, the ability, the strength, the freakish nature of Mozzie Smith coupled with Dan Quinn is definitely an encouraging sign for this defense. So I, I you know I really thought this was gonna be an offense forward draft. It wasn't that, and you still you still see Dan Quinn's hands all over it. So um, first round pick, you had an A. I had a B minus. I feel like your A is a little higher than my B minus, but we're we're roughly in the same kind of nature here. I also I also don't disagree with you that like uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Nolan Smith also would like to me those were a plus picks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so we'll kind of move on here to the Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end out of Michigan. We knew it wasn't smoke after all. Everybody wanted to tell you it was a smoke and mirror situation with the Cowboys interest in tight end. They taking a tight end in the second round proves that no, nah, they really wanted one. They wanted to put their guy there. And um, I don't know how you feel about it, but Luke Schoonmaker. Seemed like a bit of a reach to me, and that seemed to be a common theme for this team in this draft here. But Aiden Davis, what is your grade and initial thoughts on Cowboys second round pick Lou Schoonmaker? Is what's the lowest grade a guy can get? I'm have it as an F right now, but if wow. F minus is an option, I am I hated this pick. And here's my <laughs> thing. I don't like Luke Schoonmaker, sure. Like this, we're talking about a guy who A had 52 catches in two years. I'm not even He's like more of a blocking tight end. So I'm not even like completely out on the Luke Schoonmaker pick, but it's like you're not taking it's a guy that you're it's not a tight end that it's good value in the second round. So like you're a I highly doubt this was the best player on your board. I think you were just forced into this tight end hole because you didn't like maybe Dalton Kincaid was their guy in the first round. The Bills jumped him. And so they were like, okay, we'll look at we have to take the best tight end available in the second round. A, this, I think, horrible value for Luke Schoonmaker, paired with the fact that Osiris Torrance was on the board. Like, there were so many other, like, you don't need it. We've been talking about this for weeks. You have Ferguson. You have Hendershot. Those are both receiving tight ends who can block just fine. You don't need to force this player who, like, Schoonmaker is going to end up being a tight end. I think he's a tight end three this year. We'll bring him in for like blocking situations. He'll be the blocking tight end. Do you really want to burn your second round pick on a blocking tight end? Who's probably not going to help in the receiving game. To me, this pick infuriated me when Osiris Torrance was just there for the taking. Yeah, I, I mean, it's tough to argue with anything what you said there. I think Schoonmaker, and you'll see a common theme with me with these Cowboys draft picks is it's not really the player is so much the position and the why that kind of frustrates me, right? So, like, you say an F, I'll probably say, like, a D plus, right? Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's it's not good. It's it, you're barely passing. You, you're not going to get into college with that grade, but you know, <laughs> so for me, it's the Luke Schoonmaber pick is like, if you're going to take a tight end in the second round, he's got to be, in my opinion, like head and shoulders better than the guy that's there. Like you're be draft- a value, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so you're going to tell me, cause I think Jake Ferguson's the, the favorite to win the starting job. You know, if, if you took Agreed. a Michael Mayer or a Dalton Kincaid, which, you know, I wasn't a big fan of, at least there's legitimate conversation there that these guys would go ahead and take Jake Ferguson's job. Now, if I'm Jake Ferguson, I'm like, I'm not really too worried about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm this, we're going to add another piece to the puzzle, but I think this is my job to lose. And so 
like you said, there were guys there. We we were hammering. I know I was hammering on the BTP like roundtable live show there for the draft. Like, we need a guard, right? We need a guard. We need playmakers. Like, we got guards out there. Like you said, Steve Avila, the you know Osiris Torrance. Like, could have been plug and play left guards there. And then obviously yep. they feel different than we did. So it, it's tough to not have a little bit of a head scratching feeling about this pick. And I, I just, listen, he may be fine. There may be a role in, you know, in Dak Prescott likes his tight end. So I think that he'll be somewhat productive. And I know some people are, you know, positive or up on him or, you know, they're a little bit bullish on him. But I'm just wondering again here in the second round, you forced the issue on something that you probably could have waited a little bit longer for. And if we want to bring up another name that we had, you had mocked him to the Cowboys before I was in on the Cowboys taking him in the second round. Jalen Hyatt was on the board round two and yeah. Jalen Hyatt. I mean, to me, I know like you love Zay flowers. I think Jalen Hyatt's only like a step below Jalen or Zay flowers in my rankings. Like if Zay flowers is the, my fourth receiver, Jalen Hyatt's like four B for me. So like, to me, I thought it was incredible value if we could have got Hyatt here and to bring like, like you mentioned, my big problem with this is the fact that I a, I just don't think Schoonmaker is going to help in the passing offense. And B, I don't even really think he's going to be that big of a contributor. Like overall, I think you brought in like a, this is like a Jeff Swain pick. Like sure. He'll, you'll see him on the field. You'll, he'll be around the offense, but it's, he's not going to do anything special. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So shout out to Brandon Laurie, who I was on the show with, and, and we were doing the draft. And he said something to me that he meant it like endearingly. He meant it in a positive way, but he's like, he's got the feel of like a Dalton Schultz. He, you know, this is kind of like a Dalton Schultz type of style. And I'm like, kind of in my mind, I'm like, I kind of want to get away from that. You know, <laughs> we yeah. don't need that. You know, like Jake Ferguson and, you know, having these guys hender shot, like, there's some athletic wiggle and ability there. Like Dalton Schultz didn't have much wiggle to him. Like he caught the ball and was like a bull, a bull in a china closet for like three yards. So it's Ferguson's hurtling people right, right now. I want right. that. Hendershot, yeah. yeah, they're they're old laying. You know what I mean? They're like sidestepping yeah. <laughs> people. And it's like so I listen, I think he'll be okay. I, I but that's my belief in the quarterback. That's my belief in this offense that can kind of you know work tight ends open, but they could have done, in my opinion, to put it bluntly, much better in the second round than they did. Yeah, I mean, this was, I no, obviously I gave it an F, but this was by far and away my least favorite pick in this draft. Yeah, and then so here's somebody that I, I don't know if you shared a class with. I always say that. Everybody no. in Texas, I say you shared classes <laughs> with. But our third round pick is DeMarvion Overshone, linebacker from Texas. 
I'm very intrigued by this pick. Again, I think this is a round or two early, but I am a fan of DeMarvion Overshone. I think the kid has some some ability, man. I think he has some freakish uh, traits here. Um, but what is Aiden Davis' initial thoughts on your own Longhorn teammate here? What do you think? Dude, we talked about it two weeks ago. If Jalen or if Jaron Curse hadn't switched his number, we could have got Agent Zero on mm. the Cowboys. But anyway, to me, Demario, Demarvion Overshone, I, this was a great pick. To me, uh, it, a little early. I think that they could have waited to the fourth and likely still picked him up. But I mean, this is a this is the type of tight end that we have seen the Cowboys take year after year. Except the only difference is Demarvion Overshone doesn't come in with injury concerns. We're talking about uh, about a linebacker who's hyper athletic. He's gonna be able to play both sidelines. I mean, he was. In the first two years at Texas, first year, I can't really remember. He played safety for us. So, like, this isn't a guy. He's not huge, but he brings a lot of athleticism to the table. And when you're looking at the linebacker room where Jabril Cox is iffy, I mean, we saw some, like, Luke Gifford's now gone. If When you're looking at this linebacker room, which doesn't have a ton of athleticism after I'm blanking on his name. Who's the, not LVE, the other linebackers? Damone Clark. Damone Clark. Thank you. Man. My brain's not working today. <laughs> the f- outside of Damone Clark, you don't have a lot of athleticism in here. So to be able to bring in a guy like Overshawn, who's going to be able to be like, you just drafted a great, you drafted Drew Sanders light in the third round to me. So to me, pick, I give it a B. Yeah. Very solid you, pick. you know what? I'm going to, I'm actually going to be a little, a little more positive. I think it's a B plus and I, okay. and I, and I like his ability, right? Like I, I'm going to knock, the Cowboys down a little bit on some of these picks because I felt they could have got them later. So that I can't give you a full a, or I I'm not going down a full grade, but, but it's a factor in the, the sense that I think you kind of could have got them, like you said, in the fourth round, but I watch him and you see the safety in him, right? You see it yeah. when he's playing linebacker, like he goes and snatches the ball and takes these interceptions away. And it looks so natural and clean, right? He he looks like a guy who that football is every bit of his, as it is the, the offensive side of the balls as well. So he's out there. He's a heat seeking missile. I saw some some blitzes, some well times things that he's done that's shown a lot of athletic ability and and we've we've come to expect that with Dan Quinn defense. If you're if you're gonna be on this defense, you're gonna draft athletic guys. You're gonna draft guys with freakish ability. And Overshone is is shown that. Now he's got some things to work on as far as you know getting lost in the in the in the mix when it comes to the running game. You know he's had he's found his way in um you know to be out of position at times, but. You know, you're you're betting on this kid having athletic ability to make up for that at the next level. And with Amazi Smith in the middle, with the Jonathan Hankins in the middle, it makes guys like him and Leighton Van Der Esch have a lot clean space in the middle there to go ahead, attack the ball, and make plays. Um, also, this is a John Fossil type of guy, too. You know, there yeah. may be early on he's going to have that special teams role. So this is, for me, I mean, spoiler alert, there's a guy in the sixth round that I fell in love with, too, but... <laughs> Up until this point, when we got this pick, this was the first pick that I was pretty like kind of got a little juiced up about. So I would say a B plus for me. I was excited with this pick. Yeah, I mean, to, the Cowboys needed to address linebacker at some point in this draft. Like they couldn't just walk in with LVE, Damone Clark, and then a bunch of question marks at linebacker. So to me, this they have now shored up their linebacker room. I'm also one thing, and you touched on it, Demarvion Overshawn. He's not the hardest hitting linebacker, but he makes the tackles nine times out of 10. Like he's a pretty sure handed tackler. He's also, he's not going to be a guy that you can play at edge, but you mentioned it. 
he can rush the lanes and when he's he gets shot out of a cannon on blitz packages sometimes so like it's that safety you're you're allowed to play that safety blitz just at that he's now playing it out of the linebacker position so to me he's dan quinn's gonna have some fun with the marvion overshawn he's not gonna start he's gonna be behind clark he's gonna be behind lve maybe behind cox depending on how his progression's going but a guy that a lot of trades for dan quinn to mold that definitely and you know like you said maybe around early Maybe yeah. it could have been somebody else there, but you know what? I'm this is the first time that I'm like, okay, I can see the ability, I can see the understanding, I can see the vision here. So um, you know, I I question everything, but ultimately I think that this may work out and be a, a solid pick for the Dallas Cowboys. So in the fourth round, we look at here, we'll kind of move on. Junior Fajoko, the D lineman from San Jose State. What's interesting about this is he was in the 99th percentile in run defense. So I mean that you're maybe doesn't fit the the athletic profile of some of these other guys, but with the Cowboys, they, they want to stop and run. They want to stop the run. They want to be able to do that defensively and be confident there. That's why they take on Mozzie Smith. This fits in that mold. He also has that position flex where he's a bigger guy. I believe he played at about 275. So they feel like he can play the three technique and kind of bulk up a little bit and kick inside. So Aiden, what is your initial thoughts on the Cowboys fourth round pick junior for Hoko? I, th- I think you hit on it. Perfectly. I think they're going to add a little bit of weight to him, and I expect him to be a defensive tackle by the time the season starts. I don't I don't expect them to keep him at the DE position, especially considering we have an abundance of riches at the defensive end position. You mentioned it. He's great with his hands. He's he's a great run stopper, but also he was the um, Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. A lot of it because of his pass um pass rushing ability too he got his hands on the quarterback a lot i don't know i don't have his stats in front of me but he was able to wreak havoc in the passing game and so to me this was a great example and we touched about it earlier great example of a player that i like at a position that it just left me baffled like if our plan is going to be to move him to defensive tackle but that was your first round pick you still haven't at this point in the draft we're in the fourth round you still haven't addressed offensive line, meaning that any player you take from this point on is just going to be a gigantic question mark, might not even make the 53-man roster. And so why are you taking another defensive tackle when, I mean, we have a, a Diggy Zua, we have Hankins, we have Golston. Why are we then just continuing to go back to this defensive well when we haven't taken a receiver, we haven't taken an offensive lineman? Like to me, and you guys touched on it a little bit during the round table where, yeah, let's just make, let's push our defense from good to elite. But I, I want our offense to be able to put up points. And when you haven't touched on any of those positions at this point, why are we into day three having not addressed any of this? So I give the pick a C, love the player, left baffled by the position. Yeah, I, I don't think we're too far off, right? Um, Again, I would just want to remind it because I get, you know, get, get told that maybe I've been negative or maybe harping on some things. So it's not the player, it's the position, it's the value that got me. So I'm a little bit more optimistic. I say it's a B minus because obviously an, an elite, elite run stopper, right? 99 yeah. percentile. So if that's what they're coming in for a game plan, I can understand that, but you're totally right. Now we're four, we're four rounds in and we got a reach of a second round tight end here and we're continuing to go down the defensive side of the ball here. And we're not even really attacking like corner or anything that like, or, you know, pass rusher. So I'm, 
I'm not mad at the pick. I'm just a little kind of at this point, I'm getting a little antsy, right? I'm just like, yeah. what is what is going on here? What is the plan? Everything I thought I knew about what this Cowboys were going to do based on the moves they made in the offseason, some of the tea leaves we were reading, it wasn't adding up. And that's totally fine. Like they could have thrown the smoke screen. They could have threw an end around on us here. But um, Fahoko is going to be a big body guy in the middle, has that pass rush ability. Like you said, I think people who aren't paying attention are going to be a little surprised when you see him in camp winning pass rush reps, right? He's going to win these pass rush reps. He's probably going to be active in preseason. Um, but I think he'll be a rotational piece. This may say something about how they feel about, um, you know, a, a Neville Gallimore, you know, like there's different guys here that maybe on the hot seat now with these fresh blood in here, because, uh, we've been waiting for people to take the next step, like Chauncey Golston, much in the same vein. They drafted him as a D-end out of Iowa. Now he's a D-tackle. They bulked him up. He's got bigger size. So I don't hate the pick in totality. It's just one of those things where, like, could there have been a better use of that resource? I mean, I don't know who's to say, um, but you know what? I think for what they're trying to do, I think it's okay, and that's why I'll give it a B- minus. and you had it as, what, a C plus. I had a, just a flat C. Okay, and- yeah. If if you want it, like the player itself is like you mentioned, it's it's an A minus player pick. It's just for the position. Why are we ignoring offense? Fair enough. And then so they did reach out on the second pick here, offense. And I'm I'm very interested to yep. see how you feel about this. In the fifth round, the Cowboys take Azam Richards, old lineman from North Carolina. Um, this guy here has um. He's a tackle by nature, but they feel that he can play some guard ability here, kind of kick inside. Um, I for, I was reading it, I actually read it on the show when we were talking about it. He um has some limitations when it comes to lateral movement and kick step, and that's tough when you're out on space as a tackle. So I feel like if they could bring him inside, get him in a phone booth, he may be able to use his strength, his anchor to kind of win inside. The Cowboys didn't address offensive guard. Now we're deep into day three, and they hadn't even taken offensive alignment. They take one offensive player. So I'm a little interested here. Now, I didn't. this wasn't one of the guys that I had pictured them taking. Again, that seemed to be the, com- the common theme here in this draft. So I'm going to sit here and tell you that I had this pick as a C plus. So I'm interested where you feel about this Osmond Richards pick here in the fifth round for the Cowboys. So if you want, like, I think... Asim Richards is, he's just, is it awesome or Asim? I've been saying Asim for the last two days, but I don't know. It could be Asim. I'm terrible with names. I've been saying awesome, Asim. I I read it and I'm like, that's how it is. And if it's wrong, I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I, so I'll just, Richards, to me, it's Tyler Smith, light, light. Like if you remember the knocks against Tyler Smith, when we drafted him last year, he was a big body guy, very powerful, but he struggled a little bit on the outside due to his hand placement and his body control. Same with the seam Richards. He's a very powerful guy, but, and like he does, he can win off his size alone, which is a lot of what they said about Tyler Smith, but he also struggles with his hand placement. He struggles with his body control. And like you said, a lot of that can be fixed by just moving him to guard and letting him be that guard. But I also question like, is this your plan for swing tackle now? Like, is Asim Richards your swing tackle? Or you're going to let Matt Willets go be the guy? Or are you going to let Josh Ball be the swing tackle? Like, you haven't addressed the pick. You haven't addressed the offensive line at all. So now you're kind of cornering Asim Richards is either, I mean, is he your starting guard? I don't like, nah, yeah. He can't be. He can't be your starting guard. So, like, what what's the plan here on the offensive line? Because Asim Richards now has to wear a lot of hats. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be the, like, if you had taken a second round pick on a, on a, on a, a Seam Richards talent where he has that tech, 
tackle flexibility and he can play at guard, then all would have been solved. I could trust him as swing tackle. I could trust him to be the backup guard. But now with this, like, I just don't, I'll give this pick a B plus because they finally addressed um, offensive line. And I, I like his positional flexibility. I just don't like the fact that you waited until the fifth round to do it. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's all fair. I think it's fair positivity, and I think it's fair criticism there. Because for me, I think where they're going to use him, even if they haven't outright divulged it yet, is easier to figure out based on the way this roster is completed or constructed right now. Like Tyler Smith, we have a ton of tackles already, and we're and we're yeah. we're clamoring for a guard, right? We even talk about moving Josh Ball to guard, talking about Terrence Steele moving a guard, like just some really floating conversations about a lot of these tackles. I think he has to fit in that guard somewhere. I agree. So now that the draft is done, give me your projection for the five offensive linemen for next year. They didn't do enough. There isn't a plug and play guy there flat out. So what I think they have to do now, I don't know if this is what they'll do, but I think they have to trust Tyron Smith, the left tackle with his health and they have to move Tyler Smith, the left guard. Then the right side is chalk, right? You got Tyler Biotish, you know, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, if Terrence Steele is healthy, but that's another factor here. If he's not going to be ready week one, it's Tyron Smith, your right tackle is Tyler Smith, your left tackle or your left, uh, left. What is it? Sorry. Tyron Smith, your right tackle, Tyler Smith, your left tackle. And now you go, what? Shuma Udoga is your left guard. Is that like, so that's, is it a seam Richards? I is mean, is he, he right. going to step? Yeah. So, so I think My, they haven't done enough here and it, it, there's a lot more questions than answers right now. And so, yeah, like to me, like this pick itself is a B plus, but this is also the reason that I gave the junior Fahoko pick a C. It's the reason I gave the Luke Schoonmaker pick an F. It's the reason that Demario Overshawn was a B instead of a B plus a minus, because if you just, you they box themselves into an unbelievable hole where this offensive line now, once again, I'm scared going into the season. And this could have been avoided if you just addressed it earlier. Osiris Torrance was there in the second round. What are you doing? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there were multiple opportunities for them to attack this. And that's kind of what made me as the week went on or the weekend went on where I'm like, they obviously don't view this offensive line as a as a need like we do, right? So they must have an in-house plan because there's no way that they think they're addressing this and it's going to work out through this draft right now. So I, yeah. that's why the tea leaves are read through it. I'm like, this team is comfortable with what they have. They're just adding to it now. So um, the next pick was a quick turnaround pick here. They ended up trading up to get Eric Scott Jr., the cornerback from Southern Miss. Now this one's a little bit of a head scratcher, right? Cause you gave up next year, a fifth round pick for capital. They can get that with the comp pick. So it's not like they're losing a ton um, with that trade up, but they traded up for a guy who well-respected Dane Brugler didn't even have him as a write-up in his mock. Like nobody's checking for this guy. I think he had him ranked as the 60th best cornerback. So what is uh-huh. your initial rating based on the fact they had to give up trap ca- draft capital capital for him and, Nobody really knew who this kid was coming into it. Well, yeah, the, nobody knew who this kid was because Tony, you could run a faster forty-yard dash, and this <laughs> this guy ran a four-seven forty-yard dash, and he's a cornerback. He, now, here's uh, what he I'll did say. clarify that. Did you I, bring yeah. it up? All right, go ahead. And listen yeah. To it. So yeah. what I'll here's what I'll say. He he had a hams a tweaked hamstring. It hasn't been confirmed, but what's what was the official? He had a, some hamstring issue when he, he ran the forty-yard dash. His pro day. Pulled yeah. a hammy. Pulled it. So I don't. 4-7, listen, no cornerbacks running a 4-7 and playing college football anywhere, so I don't believe hit 4-7 is the actual time. Here's what I'll say. This is, I mean, we should have seen this. We should have seen Eric Scott coming, right? Like, you look at a guy with an 80-inch wingspan, and you're like, 
oh, that's, yeah, that's the, Dan Quinn's going to make that pick eventually. Question is, is when he makes the pick, like slower cornerback, he's not the most athletic, but his reach is incredible. He was once, he was a ball hawk player in college because of that reach, came down with a few interceptions, played at a small school. Like, I mean, this is, this is like, I don't want to make the comp, but this is like the Nashawn Wright pick. You can bring up Deron Bland from last year, even though I think Deron Bland actually had a smaller wingspan. He was kind of, right? Deron Bland has a smaller wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what a Dan Quinn pick. I'm like, I don't understand it. Like you mentioned, he really wasn't on many people's big boards, but because this is such a Dan Quinn pick, I'll give it a B minus because I trust Dan Quinn. Yeah. You know what? I'll get. I wish I shared some of your optimism. Like now, what I hope this pick ends up being is I hope it ends up being Deron Bland. But what yeah. are the odds that you're going to hit that same position, same round, with the same results, right? Two but what are the odds back. you hit it in like a nor like trading? You're trading a fifth round pick to get this guy. Is my point? Like, right. Keep going. So, Sorry, I didn't. So mean no, I mean, but you trade up. So now you feel yeah. well good enough about this kid that you trade up for him. So now like they see something that maybe other teams hadn't seen. And I don't know if you saw the background story where he actually ended up sending film. He hired a photographer and sent like film cut up to the Cowboys like three weeks ago. And then they turn around and draft him. So this is a unique story, but I'm going to give it a C, you know, I'm going to give it a C. I'm not like, I, I mean, I, again, we talked about all the picks and how they didn't really address the needs. They addressed what they wanted, right? So um, in this point, um, Eric Scott, I'm interested to see. We're getting here. We're talking about traits. He's going to have a role in special teams, and that's kind of maybe that's where the the beginning of this is. But um, other than that, the Eric Scott pit doesn't really move me too much. It's just I'm a little apprehensive because of the trade-up for him. No, and but I think the trade-up is the reason I'm giving this a B-minus because like the Duran bland pick from last year and i i was in no way inspired by the pick but it's a guy that once again it's dan quinn taking a guy and the, the nashawn wright too i know nashawn wright didn't pan out but it was the same pick with nashawn wright where it's like man dan quinn sees something in this guy he and at this point like i don't think they traded up for nashawn wright they didn't trade up for deron bland so it the fact that they were able to willing they were willing to give up a fifth round pick next year to get this guy. Right. I'm just gonna have faith that they know what they're doing because I mean we've seen them put together this uh, incredible secondary off late round picks at this point outside Trayvon Diggs. So I'm gonna believe in it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not thinking it's gonna be like this worst pick. Like I said, I I understand it's a fifth round pick. I yeah. understand that it's I'll put I'll I'll take it with context. I know what sixth it round is. pick. Yeah, six-round pick, but they traded yeah. a fifth for it. So, yeah, yeah. it's a six-round pick that they traded a fifth-round for. And I know I mentioned, like, Deron Bland and him being similar. They're not in the same round here. I know that he's in the sixth round and Deron was a fifth-round guy. But having that similar feel to it is – um, well, it's a wait-and-see. Like you said, that's kind of the where it is. The benefit of the doubt when it comes to Dan Quinn and what they've done before and have done leading up to this is why people give it a little more leeway. Um, But – as far as sixth round Mary. picks go, yeah. this is the fun one. Okay. This is the one that I think we're going to enjoy. This is the first time I'm going to be really positive about it. This to me, and this has nothing to do with the sentimental value to it. All right. That, that is a home run, absolute love story between Chris, you know, his dad, Chris and, you know, Deuce Vaughn, who, if you don't know, if, where have you been? If you don't know by now, <laughs> his dad's a scout on the Dallas Cowboys. 
Deuce Vaughn, the sixth round pick out of Kansas State, the running back will be a Dallas Cowboy. And the coolest story of draft weekend is dad got to make the call. For me, for everything on the field, this is an A-plus to me, okay? They waited and waited and waited and drafted a running back who has comparisons to Darren Sproles, is his mentor, by the way. Darren Sproles is his mentor. He's somebody that he leans on for advice. This guy is 5'5". He has lightning in a bottle speed. He has game-breaking speed. He's this tiny little guy, you know, they got to find a role for him. They got to use him in the correct way, but adding him into the mix with an already explosive Tony Pollard, there's a chance that Deuce Vaughn makes Tony Pollard look less shifty, which is insane to say. So um, Deuce Vaughn, I said Overshown was my favorite pick, and then Deuce Vaughn came. So these are two guys that I really enjoy, but Deuce Vaughn, A-plus from me, and I don't know if there's anybody that's going to make me feel the way that he had. Tony, you're turning into a Big 12 guy. Yeah, I love the Big 12, baby. Let's <laughs> so I, Jerry, Stephen, Will McClay, I have to give you a round of applause. I was so unbelievably worried that going into this draft, we were going to take like a second round running back or worse. Like when I saw Bijan and Gibbs go off the board and we're picking at 26, somewhere in the back of my mind was this could go unbelievably wrong if we force a pick like Zach Charbonnet in the first round. And so I was terrified that we were going to be in this, well, Zeke's gone, we have to draft a running back bubble. No, they had unbelievable patience, and they were able to take... I think if Deuce Vaughn had two, three more inches to him, we're talking about back of the first, beginning of the second type of talent. This guy, in terms of speed, receiving ability, every Deuce Vaughn is a... He's a first-round talent with undrafted free agent height. I mean, he's 5'5". Five, five. I get it. That is tiny. He's <laughs> Darren Sproles is 5'6", to put that into perspective. I'm 5'6", to put that in perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about a very tiny guy. But to be able to wait six rounds and draft a run... Darren Sproles... I mean, sorry. Deuce Vaughn, he's running back two right now. I Would you agree with that? I 100%. Mean, who, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's already, he's, he's going to duke it out. He's going to have to earn it, but I, I think sure, his we, ability yeah. is way better than the other guys. Yeah. He's shiftier than Rico Dowdle. He's faster than Rico Dowdle for sure. He's who is Ronald Jones. I mean, Malik Davis, could, Ronald Jones. He's right in yeah, the mix. Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn could run 200 yards before either of those running backs run 100. And so to me, it's just like great job waiting for a running back that's going to be a contributor. Is he going to be a workhorse running back after Tony Pollard leaves? Probably not. In fact, no, he's not. But to be able to wait for your running back two until the sixth round is just such a shift in philosophy from the days of Zeke that A+, plus. I'll give you your flowers. I completely agree with you, Tony. This is such a change in philosophy. I love it. Love it. Yep, love it. So that is... That was the first time, like I said, Overshown was a... I, it was a good feeling for me, and this was like... Deuce Vaughn was like, man... They they did the right move here. This was a pick that, you know, I don't want to make it about me. Like the Cowboys don't care what I want to do. They don't care that what I think about it. But this is the first time where I'm like, yes, like Dallas. Yes. Like, good job. This is something that I truly like. I think everybody was in favor of this. So in the sixth round, the Cowboys take Deuce Vaughn, the running back out of Kansas State. We both give it, you know, you, you were in the A, right? We were A+. Plus. I gave it an A+. Plus. Yeah, me too. So we were both lockstep with that. And the Cowboys round out their draft here. They didn't touch wide receiver until the 240-something pick. So uh, Jalen Brooks, wide receiver from South Carolina. This is going to be interesting. Um, South seventh-round picks. Let's, let's call it what it is. 
I can't give this a bad pick because it's a seventh rounder. So I'm going to say a B plus, right? They attack the position wide receiver kind of go in there and compete may have a special teams role, may never even see the field as a wide receiver. Who knows? There isn't too, too much to talk about it here in the sense that, you know, okay, we got Antonio Callaway. We got Simi Fajoko. We got Jalen Tolbert, like Cavante Turpin. He's in the mix. He's in the fray. We'll see what happens. And, I saw most of it was like, hey, this is a kid that they probably didn't want to fight with over and under undrafted free agency. So let's just take him with the seventh rounder and kind of lock him up. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a tall receiver who can make like he can create yards after the catch, but I mean he's gonna be that 50-50 ball receiver, not particularly shifty. I'm actually going to say, like, I agree with you. Like the player itself, like, sure, it's a B plus, like congrats for taking a receiver i'm actually going to give this pick a d minus because they waited till the seventh round to take a receiver like do you not realize what the problems that you created last year with Dak press 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 with weapons to me this is like i don't understand why we waited until the set the seventh round to address receiver and for that i'm going to punish them by giving this pick a d minus fair enough i mean i what you're saying makes complete sense i i looked at it in the sense that yes you punish them for what they didn't do leading up to it. But for the pick, I'm not anybody. It could have been anybody. And I'm like, all right, let's see what the happens. The pick itself. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. It's a B plus. Yeah, sure. Totally. So overall, you know, let's wrap it, put a bow on it here before we get out of here. Give me your draft grade as a whole. We did. We can do the averages or we can just figure it out on the fly here. What do you think? give the Cowboys 2023 draft class? Like I said at the beginning, I love a lot of the players they took. I Mozzie Smith, I'm Thrilled to see him take the field. DeMarbion Overshawn, I'm going to love watching play. Junior Fajoko, even like guys like Asim Richards, obviously do his fun. I just felt like, why are you, last year you got bounced by the Niners because your offense wasn't able to produce. Why are you not addressing offense more? And so because of that, I'll give this a somewhere in between like a B minus C plus, like right on that, maybe like an 80 out of 100. 79 to 80 range. I, I just would like them to see attack more offense, but the players they took, I'm sure will be great. I'm excited to see a lot of them play. I just go take an offensive guard earlier than round five, take a receiver earlier than round seven, please. Yeah. I, I think we're close, but as we've been for most of this exercise, just a little less. So I'm going to say C plus, right? I mean, there's going to be some components here. that are going to make a break. If Mozzie Smith is a, you know, a pro bowler, all pro kind of guy, I was wrong again, and I would love that. I love being pessimistic and then being proven wrong. Like I would, I much prefer that than to be the the overly positive guy who gets proved wrong every time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I love to be wrong there. Um, there are some interesting picks, and and I said this. I was talking to somebody about it. I said ultimately, why I'm negative about it is because I don't perceive the value to be great. But if these picks go out on the field and produce, nobody's going to care where they were drafted. Nobody's going to care when they who was on the board when they didn't, you know, when they took them. Um, so go out there, prove it on the field, you know, prove Dan Quinn, the scouts, that they know more than us because it's obvious that they do. Go out there and do, you know, good work. If this team is, um, you know, getting a lot of production from this rookie class, then then I'll be wrong again. I love that. So right now, from what I see as it stands now, I have to give it a C plus. All right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we're in complete agreement on this draft. Perfect. Outside so, of Luke Schoonmaker. 
Yeah, yeah. I know you were you were down big on that one. Yeah, I hate so. that pick. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, um, and we'll talk about it, obviously. Hopefully he wins you over here. Like hopefully he wins you over, but we'll see. Also, a- we did did they spend like the two years scouting Michigan? Why were our first two picks Michigan play? I get that it's yeah. probably co- pure coincidence, but you can go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. They must have just popped in the film and like, all right, whatever. We like it. <laughs> no, but so that kind of concludes here uh, our draft review episode. And make sure you stay locked on the first to ten podcast throughout the off season because as we continue on, it looks like the the schedule is going to be released May eleventh. We have the OTAs, the rookie mini camps, all of that off season work gonna roll in we'll have you covered here until we get into july which is training camp and the season's upon us so uh from tony catalina aiden davis another episode of the first and ten podcast brought to you by blogging the boys powered by sb nation i hope everybody has a great week and we'll catch you next monday peace